Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 27 of the Early Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Butler, and I am super excited to be here today bringing you probably my favorite interview to date. I think I say this for every interview, but I mean it because this concept of our interview today is something relatively new to me. Now, I got the chance to speak to Alicia Rose Kruger from AliciaRoseKruger.com. Alicia holds space for women to reclaim their radiance through embracing their sacred cycles and embodying their feminine power. Now, to break this down, I had the chance today to talk to Alicia about understanding a woman's menstrual cycle and how the different phases, the different seasons, as Alicia talks about in the interview, impact our ability to show up as a parent. Now, the reason I loved this episode and interview so, so much was because it was so enlightening for me personally, and it gave me a sense of freedom, a sense of forgiveness for myself Because sometimes I feel like a damn witch as a parent, and I'm sure that we can all relate. And you know what? There is a reason why we fluctuate so much in how we show up as a parent. So without further ado, let's dive into the amazing interview with Alicia Rose Kruger. I hope that you love it as much as I did. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast, where we help you navigate the somewhat tricky world of parenthood so you can love the crap out of being a mama. I'm your host, Jen Butler, and I'm an early parenting consultant and a mama of two busy, busy boys. Join me as I explore all things early parenting and deliver them to you in toddler-friendly, bite-sized lessons. Because let's be honest, your toddler is probably smothering pseudo cream on the wall as we speak. I'll be dropping my hottest tips on baby and toddler sleep, feeding, boobs, behavior, and so much more. Are you ready to feel confident in motherhood? Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you today by my free workshop I'm running on the 24th of January, 2020. During this workshop, I am diving into my most valuable tips, tricks, and strategies to ensure you have a happy and thriving baby. This workshop is perfect for mamas who are pregnant or have a babe up to the age of five months. If you don't want to miss out on some of my hottest tips and most valuable information, then make sure to register for my workshop at www.thehappybabycode.com forward slash workshop dash registration or sign up via the banner on my website www.jenniferbutler.com.au. Can't wait to see you at my live workshop. Hello, Alicia. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast. I'm very excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This has been an interview I've been looking forward to doing for quite some time after I heard you on another podcast interview of one of my favourite podcasts that I listened to, The Emily Osman Show. And I wanted to bring you on because I thought when I was listening to this interview, like we're going to dive into exactly who you are and what you're all about in a second, but I just thought that what you're all about is so relevant, can be applied to the parenting world. So perhaps for my listeners, 
can you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Alicia. I am based on the Gold Coast of Australia and I do a few different things, but the essence of what I do is I help guide women home to the wisdom within their bodies. So I teach um, women about their menstrual cycles, how to harness the power of their menstrual cycles in their daily lives. I do one-on-one womb and pelvic healing. So that's a more of a deep dive into the wisdom of the body, you know, the ovaries, the womb, the pelvic floor, all of that sort of thing. That's kind of the heart of what I do and it looks a lot of different ways. So one-on-one sessions, um, group programs, in-person workshops, all kinds of things. But I'm just, I'm so passionate about teaching women about the power of their wombs and their menstrual cycles because the menstrual cycle is the rhythm that governs how we feel every single day. So if we can get to understand how it's affecting us and how to harness that instead of constantly fighting against it, I just think you know, life becomes so much easier and we, we spend so much more time in flow and it's it's really the key to unlocking our power as women. I feel like the menstrual cycle, our periods, everything, it's such a taboo topic and I feel like we are so undereducated as women about what we actually are going through in our, in our bodies, in women's bodies every single day and it's like, as you just said, understanding it can be such a release and freedom in why we feel basically why we can feel really good some days and really shitty on other days and I feel like if we have a bit more knowledge around it it's just yeah it's as you said it's about finding your flow so it like why are we so undereducated as women about all of this Mm, this could be a whole podcast conversation in itself there's a quote that I love and it's by Dr. Christian Northrup and I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something about, you know, if you want to find your power as a woman, look at all the places that you've been taught to fear or be ashamed of. So your period, menopause, birth, you know, all of these completely normal physical functions that we have as women, which are our greatest sources of power and transformation, all of these parts of ourselves we've been taught to shame, taught to see as disgusting. And that is, you know, we talk about 2000 years of patriarchy and all the ways in which that's disconnected us from our power as women. But I think that's a part of it. Um, I think another piece of it is that there's a sort of collective belief that to be cyclical and to not be in that superwoman energy all the time is a weakness because we are taught to glorify that superwoman energy, that busyness, that need to be doing all the things all the time. There's also a generosity in the superwoman energy of ovulation because it's linked to the mother archetype. And that is, if we think about what kind of women are celebrated historically, it's, you know, the traditional roles of the wife and the mother, the nurturer who martyred herself to be in service to everybody else. So there's, you know, there are all kinds of things woven in there. It's a pretty complex topic, but I think women are starting to reawaken to the idea that to have a cycle is actually a superpower and that there's a lot of beauty and medicine to be offered to us. And even, you know, one of the things that I love to share is that so many of the premenstrual symptoms that we have been taught are just normal things that we should suffer through aren't actually normal like there's symptoms showing us that something is out of alignment so cramps bloating breast tenderness crazy mood swings breakouts all of those things yes they're common because as women we're experiencing chronic levels of 
stress of, you know, having our hormones out of whack. Many of us have been on hormonal contraception for years or even decades, which has had a huge impact on our body. And, you know, even just stress, stress has a huge impact on our cycle. So if you're experiencing any of those symptoms, and that's where that story of, I just have to suffer through my premenstrual phase and my period, if that's where that story comes from, know that it doesn't have to be that way. And I can say that because I've been through all of that, you know, eight years on the pill, crazy cycles, every symptom under the sun, like, yeah, it was really, really awful. And it basically took over my whole life to now having a regular cycle where I don't experience any of those symptoms. If I can create that transformation through some lifestyle changes, I think every woman can. So even just knowing that there's another possibility out there or another experience of your cycle that you could be having, that's a story that most of us aren't told. Absolutely. And you know what? I think it might have been the interview that I was listening to you on. I think you must have said something about the difference between men and women, how men are on a 24-hour cycle and women are on a, on average, 28-day-ish, depending on the length of your cycle. Cycle, literally the hormonal ride that we are travelling each and every day, depending on where we are in our cycle, is different. And therefore, we are going to feel very differently. And I think so often we are just like, oh, it's just PMT, oh, it's just this. And and we've just tolerated it for so long because no one ever told us there was another way of being. And that's why I wanted to get you on because I was like, well, firstly, there is another way of being. And second of all, like understanding where you are in your cycle and how that is going to impact you is going to make a big difference on even just a bit of kindness to yourself. Before we um, started recording this interview, I was just saying, Alicia's going to go through the different seasons, but I was reflecting on my cycle and where I was in the cycle and how it actually just recently very much impacted my parenting. And that's why I thought, you know, through us talking and you educating us about the different cycle, the different parts of the cycle. And then that reflection of being like, well, this is how I felt when I was in that. Yeah, I think that a lot's to be learned and a little bit of kindness to be brought into yourself as a parent. So I was just reflecting on what you said about the comparison between men having a 24-hour cycle and women having a 28-day cycle. And I just want to touch on that briefly. So we're talking about the hormonal cycle. And this is generally speaking, we're speaking about most men and most women. There are exceptions to this. But, um, you know, so men experiencing their 24-hour hormonal cycle, that's why you'll notice that most men can, they really thrive on routine, like getting up at the same time, going to the gym at the same time every day, you know, being quite structured around their food, all of these things, because, you know, for example, at 6am every single day, their hormones are going to be about the same, which means they're going to be primed to do the same tasks at the same time every day. And for us as women, our hormonal cycle is 28 to 30 ish days, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. It's not that one is better than the other. It's just understanding which one you're experiencing so that you can harness that. And that little shift as a woman who has a cycle can completely change the way that you schedule your life, the expectations you have on yourself. And to give an example of exercise, if you were to create some new exercise goals for yourself, rather than saying, I'm going to go to the gym every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday for the next month. It could be because you're on a monthly cycle and there will be some times of the month where you're bursting with energy and other times of the month where your body is really needing more rest. 
It could be a monthly goal. So saying, I'm going to go to the gym 10 times this month and honoring your cycle in a way that on the first three days of your period, you may not go at all around your ovulation time. You might go five days in a row. Those ebbs and flows over the course of the month, they even themselves out because you have different strengths and superpowers at different times, different energy ebbs and flows. And so if you can plan your goals and look at what you're achieving over the course of a cycle rather than over the course of 24 hours or a week, firstly, you're going to get more done and you're more likely to be successful because you're going with what's already here, like your natural strengths. And you're going to be a lot kinder to yourself because, you know, the, one of the first things I noticed when I started tracking my cycle was back then I was running a graphic design business full time. I was freelancing and I couldn't understand why some weeks I would tick everything off my to-do list. Creative concepts would flow out so easily. I could do 16 things in a day and it would be totally fine. And then a week later, I could sit at my computer all day and nothing would manifest from it. And I got to understand that it was because I was in my superwoman ovulation energy when I was full of all the creative ideas and I was able to get stuff done. And then a week later, I was about to have my period and you know, that's when your hormones are at their lowest. That's when you're really introspective. That's when your inner critic can get louder. And so I learned to prepare for that and be okay when that happened, knowing that at other times of the month, I was getting a lot of stuff done and that there wasn't anything wrong with me. It's just where I was at in my cycle. And I had different strengths on that day than the ones that I had had the week before. So it gives you permission to be more compassionate with yourself when you understand that there's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You're just a woman who has a cycle who is essentially a different version of yourself every single day of that cycle. Oh, I just love that. It actually makes me excited. Like even just looking at things in a monthly view, like it's such a great way to look at things. The same concept can be done for parenting where, you know, like you look at your month ahead and we all have shit to do as parents. Like we'll have the meal planning. We've got the shopping We've got, like, I mean, everyone's got this beyond that, but it's the activities with the kids. It's the, maybe that desire to actually get out of the house versus stay at home and do some, you know, cleaning and some reorganising of the clothes or I'm thinking of all the jobs that I've got to do. But the same thing can apply, can't it? Like where you go, all right, I can imagine that during when I'm ovulating, I'm probably going to feel like going to mum's group and going to have coffee with the friends and take the kids out for a play date to you know, the trampoline or to the park and do all of the things. Whereas sometimes there's going to be weeks. And if you know your cycle, you can plan for this and going, chances are that I am not going to feel like reorganizing the boys clothing this week. And I'd prefer, you know, like there's so much relevancy. I'm thinking in my head of you can totally start to use your cycle to nail your life as a mother a bit more, Jennifer. Yeah, absolutely. Should we go briefly through the four seasons and then we can dive into it? Let's yeah. tell the world. I can't wait to share this. So go for it, Alicia. <laughs> okay. So if you're listening, you may have heard terms when you're describing the phases of your cycle, like ovulation, menstruation, your follicular phase. And those are the terms that are used to describe specific functions that are going on inside your body. And they're completely valid. But when I talk about harnessing your cycle in your life, I speak to the four inner seasons. So these seasons are the same as the seasons of the earth, winter, spring, summer, and autumn. The first season is your inner winter, which is when you have your period. So beginning day one of your cycle, when you first start to bleed and lasting for however long your period lasts for, maybe around 
four to six days could be a little different depending on what's going on for you. This is, if you think about winter, winter is the season for hibernation. It's when we withdraw, we rest, we receive, we replenish. We don't feel like going out and necessarily doing a whole lot. And this is where your energy is going to be at its lowest in the cycle, where you will just want to spend a lot of time by yourself, where you won't want to be out socializing, doing a thousand things. You just don't have a lot of energy to give during this time. And that's okay. It's a time where you are sort of coming back into yourself and setting some intentions and goals and finding some clarity before you move out into your next cycle. So some of your superpowers during this time are rest, receiving, intuition, clarity, visioning. So it's a great time to take a step back, look at your month ahead and make some plans and go, okay, these are when I'm roughly going to be in the four different seasons of my cycle in the upcoming month. This is what I have to do this month. Where can I align and plan to find a little more flow? And, you know, none of us can completely control everything in our lives. It doesn't matter whether you have kids or not. Like I run two businesses. Sometimes things just have to get done at certain times and that's just the way it goes. But even if you can make like a 1% shift of just changing some little things to create more ease and flow in your life, that's an amazing start. And that's going to completely change the way that you feel and experience your cycle. So yeah, great time for planning and visioning. Great time for Um, You know, I have a friend who homeschools her kids and on day one and two of her cycle, you know, she's really open with them. And that's like movie day or creative day where they just go and work on their creative projects. or they all snuggle up on the couch and watch a movie or a documentary. So they know that that's like, you know, cozy, chill hibernation time. And they love that. So that's the time where you ideally, if you can, you want to take advantage of the seasons before that so that you have less to do during this time. So that could mean, you know, making sure your grocery shopping's done, making sure your washing's done, making sure your house is clean, maybe prepping some meals and putting them in the freezer or ordering a meal delivery. Just anything that you can take off your to-do list, especially for those first two to three days where your energy will feel quite low, will mean that when there are things that you aren't negotiable, like showing up to work or showing up for your kids, you're not stretching yourself as thin. So things will feel a little bit more easy and you're going to be able to be more present for the things that you do have to do. The other thing that I want to say about this season and about the cycle in general, because I think this is a really important conversation and also one that has been very present for me recently. I was just saying to you before the call that I fainted and hit my head a couple of months ago. So I've been recovering from a head injury, which has been completely crazy and unexpected and I've really had to learn to receive support and ask for help and you know everybody says there's that cliche of it takes a village to raise a child but we are so most of us so hell-bent on trying to do it all ourselves and we have these stories like I don't want to be a burden to anyone else everybody else is so busy they don't have time to help me out but it comes in swings and roundabouts so you get to ask for more support during this time and that could be having a conversation with your partner so that he knows during that time you know those first few days of your inner winter he's the one who cooks dinner you know whatever it is he's the one who makes sure the laundry's done or you know if your kids are old enough maybe like they cook dinner one night, even if it's like toasted sandwiches, you know, whatever it is. When we were young, my mom always used to get us to make our own dinners on Friday nights. And it started off being cheese on toast. And then eventually over time we learned to, you know, 
So there are little things that you can implement to make it fun and to allow yourself to have a little more space. And I also think a key thing for women is asking for support from one another because we're all, most of us are going through these cycles and these ebbs and flows. And even if it's not the cycle, it's, you know, maybe something's going on for you health-wise or, you know, you're caring for a sick parent or family member. We all have times when we're just stretched thin or we don't have the resources and we could use a bit of support. So what goes around comes around. And I know when my friends ask me for help, it always feels like an honor to be trusted with that request for support. So it could be as simple as, Maybe, you know, you and your friends who have kids around the same age on day one of your cycle, they pick up the kids after school. So you have an extra hour to do what you need to do. And then when she's on day one of her cycle, you pick up the kids after school. And this is where getting to know your cycle and know where you're going to be is really helpful because the more that you understand and can predict your cycle, the more that you can do these little things in advance to prepare yourself so that you can have a little more space. So the question I'd invite you to ask yourself is, you know, what would my ideal self-care look like? And then how can I just give myself 1% or 5% of this? Could be one little thing. And maybe it's the washing stays dirty in the laundry hamper for an extra day so that you can take five minutes to have a cup of tea. It could be as simple as that. There are always little things that we can do no matter how busy we are or what commitments we have going on in our lives. I agree with that so much. And I think that I talk so much about we need to get out of the stories you were saying, what we're talking to ourselves and telling ourselves about us needing to do it all to prove what, to prove that we're coping, I think, as like coming as a a mum, I think you think that you need to show the world that you can do it all, but you don't need to do it all. And especially when, like you could imagine if you're trying to do it all, when what your body is actually saying is rest, recover, just relax, and you're going, screw you, the detriment to your health and actually to your family as well, that's going to be worse off for everyone if you're doing that to yourself. And I love those little tips, like such subtle changes, and they can make such a world of difference. So love that. Yeah, I think so often, and I know I'm definitely guilty of this, there are things that we've decided that we have to do and deadlines that we've created for ourselves because we want to be superwoman and we want to be perfectionists. And sometimes we get to just let things go. And that's a lesson that I have learned a lot the last few months, you know, with things that I usually, I've got everything on the go and I can do all the things and keep on top of the housework and all the errands and the two businesses and the whatever. And, you know, sometimes we just can't, sometimes we just need to cut ourselves some slack and, We don't have to do it all by ourselves. It's so much more fun when we don't try and do it all by ourselves. And like you said, that's when we thrive within our physical health, within our mental well-being. And just to touch briefly on this, but, you know, stress is one of the biggest factors on how you experience your cycle. So if you are constantly stressed, you're more likely to experience delayed ovulation, crazy mood swings, cramps, um, you know, all of these premenstrual symptoms that we're all trying to avoid. The first place that I would look is what are your stress levels like? And you'll notice that if you have a particularly stressful month, you probably experience a more painful or challenging cycle. So if you can set yourself up for success all the way back in your inner winter when you're during your period, that's going to 
affect how you feel for the entire rest of your cycle. You'll have more energy in your inner summer, your ovulation time, your inner autumn or your premenstrual phase is going to be much easier. So everything connects with everything. It's this constant feedback loop that we can change at any time. And for most women, the hardest part is during the inner winter where we are craving rest, where we feel like, you know, the world can't possibly turn if we were to take some time for ourselves. So it is challenging to start off with. Just start with five or 10 minutes, you know, can you lie on your bed and do nothing and place your hands over your womb for five minutes and just honor the fact that you're bleeding at that time? It could be as simple as starting with that. That's your inner winter in a nutshell. So how much can you let go of? What can you do beforehand so that you have a little more space? And where can you ask for support? And then we move into the inner spring, which is your follicular phase. So that starts uh, the day after your period finishes and takes you up to, if you have a 28-day cycle, that would usually take you up until around day 12 or so, so just before you ovulate. And during this season, you'll find your energy is rising each and every day as you move toward ovulation. The further you get into your cycle, the more energy you'll have. This is a season where you naturally feel quite motivated, inspired. Um, it's got quite a playful, light energy, you know, whereas the ovulation time is more focused and you just want to get stuff done and you're super productive and you're superwoman. The inner spring is associated with the maiden archetype. So she's much more playful and dynamic and she wants to try different things. So this is the time where if you're a parent, like book in some like really playful things with your kids. Like maybe you go on an adventure or you try something new. It's a great time to step outside your comfort zone and to take risks because your brain forms neuroconnections more easily and you'll find your inner critic is quieter during this time than at other times in the cycle. So allow yourself to be playful and dynamic and you know mix up your routine and really honor the fact that your energy is rising, but know that this is also a gradual process. So just you know, say day five, your period finishes, day six, you're in your inner spring. That doesn't mean you're immediately going to be bursting with energy. If we think of the moon, which you know goes from new to full, it's gradually, you know, each day a little bit more. And it's the same for us. So we want to be mindful here of pacing our energy and not splurging it all in those days right after our period so that we end up burnt out halfway through our cycle. So how can you allow yourself to sort of gradually build? So if the inner winter was your time for visioning and clarity, filling your cup, your inner spring is time for starting to implement some of those things that you planned for in your um, in your inner winter. And in terms of like work and creative stuff, I always talk about like this is a great time to start um, new projects, but it's also a great time to start new habits because it's got this fresh energy. You're really resilient. When it comes to exercise, your energy is building. When we talk about um you know, food and diet, you'll find you have fewer cravings during this time of the cycle. So if you're wanting to implement some changes in the way that you're nourishing your body, that's a great time to start anything like that. Yeah, I love that. And like, again, if you're starting to take that time to plan in winter, then you really can start setting yourself some tasks to spread over the time. So as you said, it's like, we can't go crazy and go into burnout mode, because you're not there, you're not like at your full energy. And at any point, I think we all need to look at things with a little bit of balance. But I love that, that I think, all right, cool, like what fun activities can you take the kids out to do? This is actually a time where you're going to feel like starting to do that. So what a great way to use your cycle to do something that benefits the kids as well. Absolutely. And then um, so our next season is our inner summer, and that is starts around day 11, 12, takes you up to 
around day 20, 21. So this technically your actual physical ovulation, that phase of your cycle only lasts one to two days because once the egg is released, it only lasts around 24 hours before it dies if it's not fertilized. But the energy of the season of the inner summer generally lasts about a week. So just before you ovulate and then for about four or five days afterward. And this is the phase of the cycle where most of us find it quite easy, where we feel most at home, most like ourselves, because this is really the peak of the cycle. Your body is fertile. It wants to make a baby. So it's you feel magnetic. You feel confident. You feel productive and creative like superwoman. And as I said, it's that mother archetype. So it's where we have a lot of energy. We feel very generous, very naturally optimistic, very resilient. Whereas other times in the cycle, we can be not necessarily as tolerant. Like we just have a lot of tolerance and patience during this season. So it is the the season of the cycle where mothering in the way that we have been taught is, you know, the the way that we should show up as mothers is going to be the easiest where it is easy to be generous and selfless. So take advantage of that and also know that you get to keep a little bit of that energy for yourself as well. I think it's so easy during that season to pour energy out into everything else and then we can get to the premenstrual phase and almost feel a little bit resentful because we didn't do the things that were really important to us and that can exacerbate premenstrual emotional turbulence. So just something to keep in mind, like don't give all that energy away. It's When we feel like we have the energy to do everything, it can be so easy to just say yes to everything that gets asked of us. And then we kind of slip into that premenstrual phase feeling completely depleted and burnt out. So just get clear on what your priorities are here and what it is that you're wanting to pour your energy into. And if you've done a bit of planning earlier in your cycle, this is a time to circle back in and just check in on that so you can make sure that you're doing the things that actually really matter to you. Yes, I love that about the inner summer, about obviously this is the time that we're going to feel like we can conquer the world. And as you said, you've got more patience, you've got more tolerance. This is actually, as you said, that time where you're like, you actually have that confidence in yourself that you're killing it and you're, you're doing all the things you want to do as a mum where the kids are, if they're fighting, you do, you're being the patient mum who's there to resolve all the issues and And it's wonderful to know that this is going to be the peak of when you're able to do that. But then as we're going to talk more about then the rest of the seasons and as we've already touched upon in inner winter, that just because you feel like this now doesn't mean you're going to necessarily feel like it in a little while. And just to understand why those changes are happening, that is liberating to me, is going, how can I feel like freaking super mum some days? And then feel like I'm just like with my kids, get the hell away from me for a second. And it is. It's because of what's going on for us internally. But I also love what you said about make sure you're taking some of that time to still conserve that energy for yourself. Like I think the biggest thing is that if you're then taking that into the next cycle, the next part of the cycle, I should say, that's going to make a huge difference to get more consistent in parenting from then on. Yes, and that's actually just reminded me of something else that I want to touch on, which is some of the natural superpowers during the inner summer are connection and communication. So you'll notice that you're more articulate, you can communicate more clearly, which is great for having challenging conversations. And even just on a more practical level, like I always try and schedule all my podcast interviews and workshops and things around this time because the words just flow and, you know, your communication skills are on point. And the connection. So this is the time of your cycle where you will want to be around people more. So you can schedule in more play dates, more meetings, date nights with your partner, all of those sorts of things. You'll feel like 
being around others fills you up in a way that it may not necessarily at other parts of your cycle. So this is the time to really take advantage of that and spend time with the people that you love. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I like how you mentioned lately, I've been on this sort of, um, you know, talking a lot more about nurturing your relationships. So if you are going to try and find some time to have with your partner, perfect time around this, you know, the summer part, also fantastic for baby making because this is the time. <laughs> so if that's on the cards, perfect time. <laughs> exactly. And if it's not, then you get to take advantage of the fact that your body wants you to make a baby and your libido is at the highest it's going to be all cycle. And I think this applies not even just, you know, a lot. some of my friends have kids, but a lot don't. And a lot of my friends are like running businesses and doing it like we're all so busy. And I feel like like physical intimacy can fall to the bottom of the to-do list a lot of the time. And so take advantage of the fact that it's going to be a lot easier. And this is what we mean when we say harness the natural strengths of each phase of the cycle. Communication, socializing, having high libido, these are all natural strengths that you have during your inner summer. So take advantage of those because at other times in the cycle, it's going to be a little more challenging and you may face a little more resistance. Yeah. I love that. All right, so tell us what autumn looks like, Alicia. So your inner autumn is the last season of your cycle, and this is your premenstrual phase. So this is where, just to briefly kind of touch on this in case you're looking at information about your cycle elsewhere. So as I said, technically ovulation only lasts in like 24 to 48 hours. So the fourth phase of your cycle is called the luteal phase, and that's about the last 12 to 14 days of your cycle. But as I said, talking about the inner seasons, slightly different because the energy of your inner summer will take you up until about day 20, 21. You'll find that the energy of your inner autumn, and these are very much energetic phases. So these days that I'm giving you are just a guideline. The more that you get to know your cycle, the more that you'll feel I'm crossing over into my autumn today. It's a very tangible shift when you're paying attention. The inner autumn is about the last seven-ish days of your cycle. So there's a big hormonal shift that happens during this time where all of our hormones kind of plummet. Like if you're paying attention, you'll feel the crossover into this season. It's this time where your body really goes, okay, time to slow down now. And you'll feel that really dramatic drop in energy. I think your experience of this transition can be one of two ways. If you've been sort of honoring the seasons of your cycle up until this point and you're paying attention and it's that gradual sort of rise and fall of energy, the transition into your inner autumn is more subtle and if you have been sort of ignoring your cycle a little bit and just go 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 doing all the things I want to stay in the inner summer superwoman energy I don't want it to go away I've still got so much to do and you haven't started to slow down and honor that that ebb and energy that comes after ovulation this transition can feel very abrupt it might feel like one day you feel fine and the next day you feel absolutely exhausted and like an emotional mess so that's just a sign that you get to listen to your body a little more deeply. And this whole practice of paying attention to your cycle, which we call menstrual cycle awareness, is in essence a practice of listening to your body. That's what it is. I'm not teaching you anything about your cycle that's not already happening. And this is why when we have these conversations, so many women are like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Or yes, I'm experiencing that. It's just that we don't necessarily connect the dots because we haven't been taught. And as soon as someone tells us, you know, all the dots connect and everything sort of slots into place. So yeah, the inner autumn doesn't have to be awful. We've been taught so many, you know, misconceptions about the season of the cycle. And 
I can say this because my inner autumn used to be absolutely awful. I used to dread it. I would feel depressed. I would have these crazy mood swings. I had breakouts. I would have about 10 days of cramps before my period arrived, you know, breast tenderness, all of these things. And now that I've kind of come back into balance where I'm not experiencing those symptoms anymore, now I get to harness what the strengths and superpowers are of this phase. So so it's a time for really editing and refining. And what I mean by that is a few different things. So if it's in terms of like creative or work projects, this is where you're going to be really clear on what gets to stay and what gets to go. So you'll be ruthless in kind of refining and finishing things up and tidying up loose ends. This is the season of the cycle where you are going to want to reorganize the kids' clothes or tidy up the pantry or spring clean your house. There are a few different things. So firstly, the ratio of progesterone to estrogen in your body during this time means that your perception basically changes and you can see things that you couldn't see before. I tell the story all the time. There was this like turmeric stain on one of my cushions and all through my cycle, couldn't have cared less. I was focused on all my creative work and doing all the things. And as soon as I made the shift into the inner autumn, it was like, oh my God, that stain has to come off the cushion right now. Or I'll come downstairs in the morning to make a cup of tea and suddenly I'll be cleaning out my pantry. So it is a time where you'll naturally feel a little more introverted. The closer you get to your period, the more withdrawn and introverted you'll feel. So it's not a time to be scheduling social gatherings every single day of the week because you'll end up canceling. You just won't feel like doing it. And that's okay. It's really a time to tend more to your inner landscape. So making sure you're carving out some pocket of time in the day for yourself during this season, even if it's five or 10 minutes, is going to like dramatically increase the way that you feel. And you know, my, my biggest tip for this would be, can you take some time in the morning, even if it's five minutes, to do something, to move your body and kind of shake off any emotional energy because our emotions live in our body, to set yourself up for the day so that you don't end up feeling like emotionally overwhelmed or, um, you know, intolerant and projecting your emotions on everyone else later in the day. For me, that looks like dance. So every single morning during my premenstrual phase, even if it's just one song, you know, two and a half minutes, three minutes, everybody can spare that amount of time. Put on your favorite song. Take a minute, place your hands on your body, maybe on your womb, and just ask yourself, you know, what's here for me today? What emotion am I feeling? Maybe it's frustration or anger. Maybe it's happiness. Maybe it's sadness. Maybe it's grief, whatever it is for you. Say it was anger. Okay, how does anger want to move? How can I express this out of my body? doesn't matter how the dance looks. Put on your favorite song and then dance with the intention of moving that anger energy out of your body because your emotions are energy in motion. And if we're doing a clearing process at the start of every day, the way that you experience your premenstrual phase will be completely different. And I have clients who have young kids, like toddlers, they invite their kids into this practice with them. They explain, you know, we're going to express our emotions through dance. And, you know, I hear the cutest stories about what her kids are, you know, upset about, like the way the dog looked at them or like just funny. Like I think like what this particular client, her kids are really young, like I think four and two maybe, Um, but they, they get into it. Kids do this naturally. You know, they feel an emotion, they express it out, and then five seconds later they're fine again. And that's what as adults we're not doing. And this is why during the premenstrual phase we're having such a challenging time because it's this time of editing and refining. Anything that we haven't been facing off with during the cycle up until this point is going to bubble up to the surface. This is the season of the wild woman. So 
she's fierce and it just doesn't have those rose tinted glasses on like we do in the other season. She just, she sees it as it is. She tells the truth sometimes in a way that can be quite abrasive and she's not going to tone down her expression for anyone else. And this is the archetype of the feminine that we are not celebrated for. And so we see it as wrong. But if we can integrate these little practices in and just allow ourselves to feel how we're feeling, and if you have kids, invite your kids in. Some days they might not want to do it. Some days they might. But I found from just the stories from my clients, most kids will because it's they don't have that same like self-consciousness around expressing their emotions that adults do. And I think they can actually teach us a lot around how we could be expressing. So yeah, that one simple practice, dance, one song in the morning, move out whatever emotions there. It sounds really simple, but I promise you it will completely change your experience of this phase because yes, there are physical factors that come into play when it comes to our premenstrual symptoms, like, you know, hormonal imbalances, stress, diet, sleep, things like this, but our emotional well-being has just as much of an impact on our experience of our cycle as our physical well-being is because when our emotions aren't expressed, they just sit as stagnant energy in the body. And for women, especially around the area of the pelvic bowl, if we think like stagnant energy is the opposite to flow and beautiful circulation, which is what we want for a healthy cycle. So that's when we can end up getting cramps, you know, long cycles. Our period can be more of like a brown sort of stagnant color rather than the beautiful crimson that our blood should be. So have a play with that in your own practice. And, you know, it always feels good to dance it out, even if we think we don't want to. That practice will will change the game. So have a practice that allows you to move your emotions. Take more time for yourself during this phase of the cycle, even if it means, you know, five minutes of meditation or journaling, whatever that looks like for you. You'll find that your physical energy will decrease the closer you get to your period. So you might want to skip the gym in favor of, you know, a gentle yoga class or a walk out in nature or something like that during this time, really asking your body each day, schedule in time for exercise, because if we don't schedule it in, it probably won't happen. But check in on that day and ask, you know, how do I want to use this time? Do I want to use it to go for a walk? Do I want to use it to go for a hit class and see what your body is actually asking for? And yeah, those superpowers of editing or refining intuition, seeing and knowing the truth. We just get really clear in this phase on what's working and what's not in every area of our life in terms of emotions, you know, our creative projects, the habits, the way that we're taking care of ourselves. We just receive a lot of feedback during this time. And that can be really confronting, but it's also a really beautiful gift that allows us to clear and edit and, you know, reorganize some things and then move into that new cycle feeling a little closer to the alignment of who we are. I love that. And when you were saying, I was sort of laughing to myself about how you stop wearing those rose colored glasses during that phase. Like house clean for me, lowest of the priorities. I don't really care about it, obviously, until autumn, when all of a sudden Jen comes storming out of the room is like, why is this house such a mess? And like all of a sudden, it's just in front of me. So it's just I was just laughing at how clear it is once you see it, once you know, like once we're starting to see and understand our cycle, which obviously we probably need a whole nother podcast episode on how actually women do need to track their cycles because for a lot of women they probably don't even know exactly what it is that they track and look for. Others might be wonderful in understanding all of that and some of us are on birth control where I guess, I don't know, all of this is potentially thrown out a little bit if you've got, 
or artificial hormones that are technically controlling where you are in your cycle. I'm sort of sitting there with a bit of a sigh of relief going, all right, well, the fact that I, you know, was a little bit more impulsive in the way I was talking to the kids and my husband and everything, it all makes so much sense. And even just having the awareness of that sometimes allows you to choose something different in the moment, like to know that you will be more reactive and less tolerant. And there are things that you might have glossed over for the entire rest of your cycle. And then all of a sudden, you're just not going to tolerate that anymore. And there's, you know, especially with our partners, they often bear the brunt of it could be a little thing like, you didn't take out the rubbish. And now I'm going to yell at you. But it's actually not about the rubbish. It's about the fact that I feel like I've been doing everything for the last few weeks because I could and now I can't and now I'm frustrated. You know, like there's that's a whole other conversation as well. But just understanding you will be feeling a little more vulnerable during this time and giving yourself some space, even if it's just that few minutes a day, to process that on your own so you're not projecting it so much on everybody else because usually the reactivity and what comes out when we're in that space it's just a, a mask or a distraction for the thing that we're actually feeling. So if we can get to the crux of what the thing actually is, then we know whether it's our partner or someone else, we can sit down and actually have a, a productive conversation and maybe, you know, renegotiate some agreements or, you know, whatever it is. So understanding yourself allows you to give yourself a little more grace. Yeah, just use that to your ability. So This has been like so awesome. I think there's so many, um, like I said, I think that there's probably more conversations we can have around this that are so pertinent to just women in general and understanding our cycle as we are mothering and, you know, having our relationships with our husbands and doing all the things that I know that as a mum you're feeling so guilty for never being on top of all of it. But it's been so insightful. So thank you so much, Alicia. You're so welcome. And for those of you listening who are wanting to start to implement this a little bit, my tip to you, if you only take one thing away, is start tracking your cycle in some way or another. You know, in an app, Clue is a great one that I recommend to get started. You know, if you have a journaling practice, you can just pop your cycle day at the top of your journal entry. Might be the notes app in your phone. Everyone has different ways that work for them, depending on what feels good for you. I will say that journaling or writing something beyond just kind of selecting your symptoms in an app is going to give you a bit more insight, but start with whatever feels easy for you. It's if you're, you know, just going to enter your physical symptoms, but you you'll do it consistently every single day. Like that's a great place to start and you'll start to notice the patterns and be able to implement some, you know, that 1% shift that we were talking about. I also have a free embrace your cycle. It's like a little mini ebook that goes into the four inner seasons just briefly kind of a, um, a summary of everything that we've talked about today. So, you know, if you're listening and you, you're you like, that's a lot and I it all sounded good, but I, it is a lot to integrate in one go. So you can head to my website and download that Embrace Your Cycle ebook and that'll, you know, have all that information at hand. And it's also got some journaling prompts to help you start tracking your cycle as well. Where can we find you, Alicia? Uh, I mean, I'm all over everything. I probably spend the most time on Instagram. So I'm just Alicia Rose Kruger on Instagram. I've got in my highlights on my Instagram, like 30 days of cycle diaries that I did. I've actually done two or three rounds of that now. So there's like a gold mine of information of how I use this practice in my own life. So yeah, really present on Instagram. And then as I said, the free ebook's a great place to start. And you'll also get my newsletters which I send out every couple of weeks with blog posts and things like that in so yeah that, that would be the place to start 
perfect. And I'll link to like your website and I'll put your Instagram handle in the show notes and all of that so everyone can jump on my website to get all of that information. I think that this has been such a great chat. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of mums listening who are like, what the heck? I never have heard any of this. And I think when I first heard it, well, for me personally, like I just love this sort of stuff and I was like, oh, my God, I need to know more. Knowledge is power. And once you know and once you can see things and connect those dots, life becomes a little bit easier. Like it just starts to take the pressure off. So I just loved today. So thank you so much for coming on. And we might just have to have you on again sometime, Alicia. (laughs) My pleasure. You can have me back anytime. These conversations are so much fun for me. I know. They really are, aren't they? I could talk and talk. But for everyone else's ears, I'll just stop now. All right. Thank you so much, Alicia, and have a lovely rest of the day. Mm, You too. Thanks for listening to the episode, Mama. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share the episode with a friend, with your mother's group, or tag me at Jen Butler Early Parenting on Instagram. The more that know about this podcast, the more people I can help. If you're looking for support that is personalized for your babe and tailored to your family's needs, then make sure to head on over to my website, www.jenniferbutler.com.au and check out how we can work together so you can move through motherhood with confidence. Catch you in the next episode, mama.